Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Okay, if you've been listening to my podcast or watching my videos, you know that I am obsessed with talking about manifestation, abundance, and creating a life that you are obsessed with. So I'm really excited to bring Kristen Anderson on this show today because Kristen is all about the same things and we jam out on all things manifestation. Kristen's a manifestation expert who helps people release blocks around their self-worth and money and apply manifestation to create their life by design. She actually hit rock bottom three years ago and dedicated her life to following her intuition and doing whatever it took to manifest the life she knew she was truly worthy of. And in this episode, Kristen shares her story and journey of how she created freedom, fulfillment, abundance, and impact in her life and how it's led her to being able to do what she wants, when she wants, how she wants, as much as she wants, while she's making an impact and sharing her soul's work. It's so empowering. I know you're going to get a lot out of this. So make sure you take a listen, take notes if you're able to, and check out the show notes so that you know where to find Kristen after the show. So without further ado, let's welcome Kristen onto the show. Hello, Kristen, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here, and I can't wait for all of the magic to unfold today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, and I'm super excited for this conversation. Me too, me too. I love jamming out about manifestation, abundance, creating your own reality. So I know that this is going to be a really fun conversation, and I'm excited to hear your journey, your story, and and your uh, teachings and take on all of this. So I like to start out the podcast usually by getting a little background of like what led you on your spiritual boss babe journey of Mm -hmm. uh, living your purpose and doing what you love and, and growing your business and sharing your message. Oh my gosh. I could give an answer for literally like 10 hours. Um, (laughs) I'll give, I'll give the short version. Um, but I guess about four years ago, um, it's actually funny because right now I'm in Costa Rica as I'm reporting this and I'm in the same town that I was living in four years ago, which is why I came back to see friends. And when I was here four years ago, it was like the biggest rock bottom of my entire life. I was anxious all day long, constantly broke and like freaked out about money, like panic attacks. Uh, I was drinking at least six nights out of the week just to like try to numb my anxiety And just, I was working a sandwich shop, making like $3 an hour. I was like trying all these different online businesses and failing over and over and over and over. I was doing network marketing and health coaching and nothing was working. And, um, you know, that kind of, that was when I started learning about manifestation. It was just kind of like appeared 
someone suggested it to me. And I remember like sitting in my room trying to like script and journal and I was like visualizing and doing these meditations and nothing happened and my life didn't change. And I was like, okay, this is just woo woo, like nonsense. It's not working. Um, and kept trying to do what I was doing. Two years later, I kind of hit another rock bottom um, when I was living in Denver. And at that point, someone suggested manifestation to me again. And I was so sick of hitting rock bottoms. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't care how woo-woo this seems. If it's working for other people, like there's something there. So I gave it a real shot. And this time I dove deeper into it. Um, So instead of just a surface level, like visualization and scripting, I dove into like subconscious mind, the inner child healing and the deeper quantum work. And my life started to shift dramatically And that was when I was sharing my journey on Instagram. People started asking me what I was doing. And I had people reach out to me actually and ask me to coach them. And I was like, what? Like, I guess I can try to coach you. I don't know. Um, So I did a couple of free coaching sessions and that was the start of my business. I was like, whoa, I really enjoy this. And it's really helping people. Um, And then from there on out, things kind of just, I don't know, took off. And now here I am a year and a half, two years later. And um, it's my whole life. <laughs> That's so awesome. What's the coolest thing you've manifested or your favorite oh thing goodness. you've manifested? There's so many favorite things. I think the most recent favorite thing is my dream home, which is actually North Carolina. Um, I like made a list of every single thing I wanted in it down to like the color of the tile and like the view from the bathtub and what kind of nature I wanted around it. And I was searching for homes and somehow like the universe took me to North Carolina. Like I thought it was going to be in San Diego, ended up in North Carolina. I walked into the house and it was just this moment of like, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but it was like deja vu, you know, Mm. like you walk in and you're like, yep, this is it. Like I've lived this so many times. It was just kind of felt like returning to something like a memory almost. Um, Just like, yeah, this is my home. Um, And that was just the most incredible feeling in the world. And yeah, that, that's in my, probably my biggest recent manifestation that was, yeah, extremely exciting. And that's so, so, so cool. And now you're doing it for your business, helping people, making a living, doing what you love while you're manifesting your dreams. Yes, exactly. And helping other people do the same. And um, never thought my life would end up here. If you would ask me two years, four years ago, 10 years ago, I would have never in a million years told you this is what I would be doing. But I mean, there's nothing else I would want to be doing Mm. right now at this point. That's so cool. That is so cool. What would you say to people who are just starting out on their manifestation journey? Like they just feel started feeling the spark of like, there's so much more out there for me. I, and yeah, I want to make it happen. You know, like you remember when you're first starting to get into it, what would you say to to those people? Mm. A few things. The first thing I would say is keep going no matter what, because at least in my experience, there's always been time periods where I feel like nothing's happening, nothing's coming, or I almost feel like I'm regressing. Um, And what I found is those are the time periods where you're able to build the faith and the belief that you need to manifest everything you're asking for. So in the times when things feel like they're not happening and the spark goes away, those are the times when it's most important to build that faith um, and to lean on the trust and to dive into your spiritual practices because that is the difference between people who manifest everything they want and people who don't. Um, And the other piece of advice um, I wish I could tell myself four years ago is that manifestation is so much more than just um, scripting and visualizing and saying affirmations all day. And that's an important and very fun part of it. And it does work, but 
if that's not used in combination with, you know, deep inner work, right? Like working with your subconscious mind and, um, you know, doing that kind of healing, you're not going to have the results that you're looking for. Uh, and that would have saved me years and years and years of frustration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some subconscious shifting tools that you use or processes, or if you can share any that maybe are your favorite or most impactful? Oh, you know, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's so many. I really love to tap. I do tapping mm, and I teach same. tapping. That's one of my favorites. Um, that was one of the first tools that I used and I still use that on a regular basis. Um, I think something else that's really powerful is just having the awareness of where your thoughts are coming from. Um, because what blew me away in the beginning was realizing that all, all of my thoughts are not me. Um, and that I didn't have to identify with all of them. And then learning to identify between what are the thoughts that are me, my highest self versus what are the thoughts that are coming from belief systems or conditioning programming that I picked up when I was, you know, a child, five years old, um, and beginning to tell the difference between those, because once you can tell the difference between those voices, you can learn which one you actually want to listen to and trust and identify with. And then I think honestly, for me, having the awareness of what stories are running the show behind your thoughts and your actions during the day is like 90% of the work. Mm. Um, so for me, it's that it's like, okay, wait a second. Like I'm feeling anxiety right now. What is the voice in my head saying? Great. Is that voice me or is that voice, you know, my mom from when I was five years old and, um, is that voice my ultimate truth? And if it's not, what do I want to choose as my ultimate truth? What would the loving belief be? What would my highest self say? and then acting from that belief instead. So it's kind of like a daily, um, I don't know if that's like a tool, but it's just an ongoing process. I mean, like all day long. Um, and I think that's been the most powerful for me. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's like the awareness, like just the con mm -hmm. consistent awareness and in real time, just noticing like what comes up, if anything, and choosing the more empowering truth. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's, it, it's really simple, but I think for me, most of my adult life, my entire life, I lived unconsciously, not even questioning my thoughts, not wondering where they came from and just acting on impulse. And then once I became consciously aware of this, like that's when things started to really, to really shift. Um, and now it's almost like, I don't have to consciously think about it. I'm just like, it's happening all the time. Yeah. Um, but in the beginning it's, you know, it's on purpose. Yeah. And I, you know, I, and I, I totally feel you and I, I experienced that as well, where it's like, it's just an automatic kind of thing now because it's become part of who we are because yeah. it's something that we've been doing for so long where you just get used to the awareness. It doesn't mean we don't have things come up or we never mm -hmm. have fear or doubt. It doesn't mean that that stuff goes away completely. It's just the awareness and the tools that we have, we each have, um, that help navigate back to your truth and power and what you choose to believe. And it's cool when that happens because then things do seem way more easier and things manifest a lot faster Yeah, and it just is like a snowball effect. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I totally resonate with that. And, uh, you know, I think going off when the questions you asked earlier, what would I tell beginners? Um, another thing is that it gets easier, you know, cause you're saying how you and I, that's kind of how we live our life. And in the beginning you can feel like, Oh, like it's happening all the time. And it's so frustrating. And it's like, it gets easier. The work never ends, mm -hmm. you know, but it does, it does, it does get easier when you keep at it. Eventually like the scale flips and 
you're dominantly now focus, focusing on the higher self. Um, and you know, another tool that I think goes really well with that, if this is something that people who are listening have kind of already practiced is once you have that belief that you feel you're choosing to believe you found the, the one that feels loving to you. Something I like to do is I task my mind to look for proof of what I desire to believe. Um, because it can be hard to say, okay, this is my new belief. And you know, I'm going to believe that money is always flowing to me. And like, I'm just starting now. I believe it. Um, that can be difficult to force yourself to believe. So for example, if I'm going to adopt that belief, money is always flowing my way. If I'm walking down the street and I find a penny, I pick it up and I celebrate it. Like, thank you universe. This is proof that money is always flowing my way. And that's how I slowly build up my beliefs from the ground up as I've been constantly looking for proof of whatever belief I'm trying to adapt. Um, mm -hmm. And over time, eventually it becomes dominant in, in your subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's definitely a practice. What would you, what about, so what is your take on like when you're going through an up level and mm -hmm. you've been on the manifestation journey, you've been, you know, seeing things come to life and then you hit like this plateau sort of stage of like, okay, now what, mm. you know, like yeah. when you're yeah. going through those phases of like, you've been seeing things come to life and it's like, you're wanting to get to that next quantum leap. I love hearing other people's perspective on this stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced it so much. I mean, I'm sure you have too. I think anyone yeah. on their mind. Um, and I call it like limbo where it's like, you're kind of becoming this new version of you because you have to become this new version to become the energetic match for the new life. But you're also unbecoming who you were. And you're in this mm -hmm. limbo where you don't identify with who you were, but you're not totally who you're becoming yet. And so it's just yep. like, whoa, you're in Goosebumps. limbo. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and so you just kind of, you're, you're in limbo. And, and for me, I believe that we always have everything we need in the present moment. Like we're always being presented with exactly what we need to manifest what we're intending. And so if you're in this limbo space and you feel like you're kind of at a standstill, you have everything you need in that standstill to get where you want to go. If you're willing to surrender to whatever it is, mm. um, you know, if you're feeling stuck, instead of trying to get unstuck, surrendering to feeling stuck and like diving deeper into it and allowing yourself to actually fully feel the feelings of being in limbo or being stuck. Because my belief is that in the limbo period or in the stuck or whatever you want to call it, whatever feelings are coming to the surface, like not feeling good enough because you're not up leveling or fear that it's not going to happen or anxiety, you're going to move backwards, whatever's coming up, um, is the limiting beliefs are coming up to be reintegrated at your new level of consciousness so that you're now a match for what you're asking for. So, um, I love yeah, so for me, it's, it's, yeah, it's just being present with, with what is and not trying to push it away and not trying to get unstuck, just being there with it and, and, and not judging yourself and not having the shame or the guilt for being where you are. Mm -hmm. And being okay with not having the up level immediately. And then that creates the energy that actually calls it in. Mm, I call that world, uh, that world, that term, uh, <laughs> you say in, in limbo, I call it in the in-between worlds phase. Uh, I like that. I like <laughs> that. The same um, concept of like, you're not who you used to be, but you're not fully grounded into who you've been shifting into. And I love how you explain that. I would love to hear more about like what you do to surrender, like when you're surrendering and letting go, because this is the thing that most people struggle with, you know, like 
everyone struggles with the surrender piece and the letting go and not like obsessing over it or whatever. So I would love to hear like some things that have helped you when it comes to surrendering. And also you mentioned in the surrendering thing shift, is there something when you're sitting with that stuckness or whatever is coming up, do you, do you do anything in that? Or do you literally just be with it? Hmm. So for me, a big piece of surrendering or sitting with the stuckness or the limbo is um, the emotional piece because, you know, emotions are energy in motion. And oftentimes any emotions that we repress, which most of us, especially growing up in our society, and especially as women have learned to repress our emotions because we learned that it's, it's not okay to throw a temper tantrum. It's not okay to cry. It's weak, things like that. And so we slowly learn not to feel and express our emotions. They get repressed and those emotions hold like the energy and motion is repressed in our body holds down our vibration. And so my belief is that the universe will always send you scenarios uh, to bring up the emotions that need to be felt so that they can be released, right? We release and transmute them by feeling them. And so when you're in whatever situation you're in and it's bring up, bringing up emotions and you're feeling stuck and your first thing is like, oh, I'm going to go express gratitude or I'm going to go um, try to feel happy. Um, you're bypassing the emotion that needs to be felt and released to raise your vibration. And so for me, the surrender piece or the being in the stuckness is being present with whatever the emotion is. Like, okay, what is the actual emotion that's coming up for me? And for me, I like, I'll speak to it. I'll be like, okay, I feel like there's a little bit of sadness here. Like sadness, you are welcome. I'm here to experience you. I'm here to learn with you. Um, and something I do is I literally will lay on my bed and starfish. Um, because when emotions come up for me, it's like automatic, it's like contract, right? And mm. it's like, you protect yourself. Um, and your muscles contract, but if you force your body to be starfish spread out, um, you're open, you're opening your heart chakra, you're opening your aura to like actually feel the emotion. It's easier to let surrender to whatever the emotion is. Um, so that's the practice that I use, um, is just being present with the emotion and starfishing on my bed and looking really silly. Um, or if it's anger, like actually having a rage ritual and like screaming into my pillow and like punching my bed and letting myself feel surrendering to whatever is present. Um, and I found that when I allow myself to do that on the other side of surrendering to the emotion is the clarity, uh, and the peace and everything else that you're trying to get unstuck to feel it's on the other side of feeling the thing that you're probably trying to avoid that is making you feel stuck in the first place. So that's the biggest piece for me is, um, is being really, really present with whatever is there, um, mm -hmm. in my body in that moment. And expressing it if you need to as well. Yeah. What's yeah. your rage ritual? It's usually like either screaming into my pillow and like pounding my bed or like I'll literally throw a temper tantrum and like jump and like bang my fist on the floor like a little kid would do. <laughs> um, that is usually what I do when I'm like really angry and I'll just, you know, or if I'm, I've like locked myself in my car before to scream, um, just things like that. Anything you can do to get out that, that energy, because if you repress it, you're going to continue to manifest scenarios that make you feel that emotion until you fully allow yourself to feel mm -hmm. it and express it and, and let it go. I love that we're talking about this because I share, um, this with my clients and students as well, like the power of the full expression of the feelings without being mixed into the story. 
if, mm. if you can just be present with the, the emotion, the feeling without any kind of story. And there yeah. might be story going on in the beginning, but if you can zoom out and just be with the expression, it actually, in, in my opinion or my experience, the vibration also of your voice and the expression of mm. the emotion in full expression, actually the vibration shifts, it literally does shift your frequency on a vibrational level and actually can pull it out of your tissues, the energy, mm. the, it can lift it. And so um, I love that you're talking about this too, because you know, oftentimes we can go to our tools or people will want to get out of that. And I used to do the same thing where I would, you know, I would feel the feeling, but then I would immediately want to do like a tapping or something to, you know, shift, which those tools are powerful, important and need it and have their place and work and are amazing. And sometimes like if it's something that is lingering or uh, deep rooted, or it just, it's there and it's this stuck energy in your physical body. I think mm -hmm. the expression of it is really, really powerful and potent. And actually I think that it can also open up your channel a lot more too. Mm, I love piece. that. I've, yeah. I've never heard it explained like that. The way you explain it, leaving your tissues. I love that. And that resonates a lot. And yeah, I think you're right because the tapping and the gratitude, those tools are helpful, but we have to be careful not to use them to bypass whatever it is that we're avoiding or, you know, trying to repress. Um, and so I think there's like a subtle balance between yes, being present with the emotions and feeling them, but also mm -hmm. using those tools on the other side of feeling whatever's present to, to then again, raise your vibration. But, um, I think people sabotage themselves when they're consistently leaning on the tools mm -hmm. instead of diving into the uncomfortable work that actually creates the quantum shifts. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, that's where the trap can be mm -hmm. oh, for yeah. sure. So, um, how do you embody abundance? Mm, I love this question. Um, so many ways. I mean, for me, first of all, um, cause I think when you hear the word abundance, a lot of people automatically think finances or money and, you know, for me, money is one physical manifestation of the energy of abundance, but it is not abundance itself. It's just the result of embodying abundance. When you're embodied in abundance, you attract it with ease in every area of your life. So abundance of laughter and friends and love and art and beauty and money, freedom, whatever it might be. So for me, embodying abundance is really more of being in the present moment and noticing the abundance around you in every single moment. And for me, it's like, you know, for me, the mantra that I've always used uh, that helps me feel really abundant is my needs and desires are always met and exceeded by the universe. Um, and I am safe in this moment. I have everything I need within me. So that for me is abundance that, that, that inner knowing that in every single moment, everything you need is available to you and you are safe. Um, and so it's kind of like leaning on that relationship that you build with, whether it's whatever word resonates, universe, source, spirit, God, um, and truly knowing and believing that in every moment, like everything is available to you and your needs and desires are always being met. And uh, I think, you know, the opposite of abundance is being in the present moment and believing that there's something else you need to feel a certain way. And this is how I used to manifest. It was mm -hmm. like, okay, I really want to manifest a hundred dollars. I really want to manifest a partner. I really want to manifest this because it's going to make me feel so good. And I want to feel better. Um, 
you know, and that's coming from an energy of scarcity versus I have everything I need in this moment. My feelings and how I feel right now are my responsibility and dependent on nothing outside of me. And I have everything I need. And I know that everything else is still coming. And so just being in that energy of, yeah, it's all here. I have everything I need. There's nothing else. I can feel the joy now. I can feel the love now. I can feel the safety now, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, what would you say to people who may get hung up on, okay, if I'm, if I know that it's already here and like I'm in this energy, can I still think about my desire or like, you know, do you ever get that question? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, like, all the time. Well, does that mean I'm not supposed to think about what I want <laughs> because it's already here? <laughs> yeah. All the time. And you know, because I think a lot of people think, Oh, you got to let it go. That means like, if I think about it, I'm sabotaging. And it's never about the action. It's never about whether or not you're thinking about it or whether or not you're taking a certain action. Everything is energy and intention. Mm-hmm. So if you are thinking about it, there's nothing wrong with that. But what is the energy behind you thinking about it? Is it you having like a freak out about why is it not here yet? Or is it you thinking about it and being excited and grateful that it's coming? And so my advice is usually when you do think about it, um, one of the little tools that I use is I'll create like what I call like a, um, a false memory where I envision a scenario where last night it already showed up. So if it's a hundred dollars, I envisioned that last night that was deposited into my bank account. And I literally create a memory in which that showed up. And so in any moment where I think of, Oh, why is it not here? I just take a deep breath and I immerse myself into that memory of, Oh, wait, what am I talking about? It literally was showed up last night in my bank account. Um, to like pull yourself back into the energy of it's already mine. But on the other side of that, if you're feeling a lot of anxiety or fear about why is it not here, we want to dive into where that's actually coming from. Um, you know, so why is it that I feel so desperate for this hundred dollars to show up or this car or whatever you're manifesting? Um, and my question usually is, how do you think you're going to feel when it shows up? Um, Mm -hmm. or how do you think people will perceive you or how will you perceive yourself when it shows up? Because that is a key letting us know what your unmet current needs are that Mm -hmm. you're projecting on this manifestation showing up in your 3d reality. And the paradox is when you learn to meet those unmet needs now in the present moment, you're more likely to actually call that in. So yeah, there's tools, um, just like before there's tools to work with, okay, what is the resistance? But then we don't want to bypass the inner work of wait, why am I feeling like this with the tools? So it's a subtle mm-hmm. balance between, between both. Yeah. And when, what you were just saying, like it was, um, with the unmet needs piece of it was really cool to hear you, um, dive into that because then it's like, it's like, it's almost like people, we attach to wanting the thing to meet the need and the same yeah. thing in relationships people attach to their partner or the person they like oftentimes because they think that that person is going to make them happy or is supposed to make them happy. And really like when, when we are attached to things and so strongly and, and make our happiness dependent on that thing or that person, we set ourselves up for suffering or, or yeah. just resistance yeah. or just continuing to, to just feel unfulfilled because we will get what we want maybe and still oh, yeah. feel like this, that empty void or whatever. If it's, if we're not giving that for ourselves, I think that's yeah. a powerful piece of it. 
Definitely. And I, I love that you brought that up with relationships because I see this a lot in people that want to manifest, whether it's partners or even friendships or anything. And if you're trying to manifest something or someone from an energy of, um, for example, avoiding feeling lonely or avoiding feeling unworthy or avoiding feeling unlovable, mm-hmm. right? You're projecting that on a partner. What's going to happen is you're going to, you, law of attraction will still work, right? You might still manifest the partner or the friends, but if you're doing it from the energy of avoiding, what we resist persists, right? So I'm resisting my loneliness. I don't want to feel it. Therefore, I'm going to manifest a partner or a group of friends. If that does show up because law of attraction still works, within that partnership or that friendship, you're going to feel even more lonely uh, because the energy that you manifested from will be amplified when your manifestation shows up. And so, you know, even more than just learning to manifest, it's really important to understand kind of what I touched on before, what are my unmet needs? And if I'm feeling really desperate, like actually really understanding that, because if we don't try to understand that, we're going to end up in maybe manifesting everything we want, but we're going to feel, like you said, empty. Like we're just trying to, we're filling that void and we won't have that like inner peace of fulfillment that really is true abundance. Mm-hmm. And what are some ways that you can f- find out what you need? Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a big piece of this is inner child healing. It's a big part of the work I do as well. Huge. And yeah, I love inner. It's so powerful. Um, You know, if we're talking about, for example, relationships and um, you're like, oh, why am I not receiving like X, Y, and Z from my partner? Um, Or in any moment where you're feeling a heavy emotion, right? Maybe you're feeling like unworthy because your partner is not giving you attention or Maybe you're feeling um, sad because you didn't achieve a goal, whatever it might be. Um, tuning into like literally visualizing your five-year-old self sitting next to you on your bed or wherever you are and asking them how they're doing in that moment and what they need to feel unconditionally loved by you. Because oftentimes when we're feeling a happy emotion, our inner child is freaking out because they're feeling unworthy. So to give an example, um, when I grew up, when I was a child, I used to receive words of affirmation when I achieved something. It was like, when I got good grades, I received a lot of love. And for me, words of affirmation is like my number one love language. So as an adult, I would unconsciously push myself to achieve, 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 even though I didn't truly want it at a soul level. um, Because on an inner child level, I was trying to receive love because I learned that when I achieve things, I receive love. And so anytime I didn't achieve something, I would feel overwhelmingly not good enough and sad. And I never really understood why until I tuned into my inner child and started to really have this relationship with her and talk to her and be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, what do you need in this moment to feel good? And in those moments, giving her the words of affirmations that I was unconsciously trying to receive from, you know, whatever I learned from my childhood. So it's, it's really tuning into, yeah, when you don't feel good, what, how is your inner child doing? Um, what do they need? And then giving to them in that moment what they need. So for me, giving her words of affirmation, I would literally write down everything that I desired to hear from my parents when I was five years old, mm-hmm. go in the bathroom and say it to myself in the mirror. Um, and I would do that like every single time I, I felt like that. I would go run to the bathroom, lock the door and um, talk to my inner child in the mirror. And that like that shifted so much for me. Um, So it's really just building that connection with your little, you know, five-year-old, four-year-old self and like getting used to checking in on them all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, really when it comes to manifestation and abundance and attracting everything we want in life, 
it always comes back to self-love. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. And it's like this journey of really holding space for all of who you are. Even yeah. the inner child who's upset and pissed or whatever. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think when we say self-love, like, at least for me, that used to mean, oh yeah, I love myself. Like I take bubble baths every night and I buy mm-hmm. myself flowers. I take myself on dates and, um, you know, that self-care, but, you know, true self-love is like you said, holding unconditional space for yourself, no matter what's showing up for you. And for me, that looked like learning to give myself unconditional love, even in the moments when I felt the most unlovable, um, in the moments when I felt the most unworthy and the most undeserving of love. And even when that showed up in my physical reality, it was showing myself that even when there's an illusion of other people not loving me, I still give unconditional love to myself because I'm worthy of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that began to really shift the way things showed up in my physical reality and shift the kinds of people I was attracting. Uh, cause I started to attract people who gave me the kind of love that I was giving myself. Um, and you know, that's obviously a journey and doesn't happen overnight, but, um, yeah, I think you're right. Self-love is really, that is what manifestation is. It's a journey of, you know, unlearning everything that made you believe that you weren't worthy of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, it really, really is. It's a, a spiritual journey in and of itself, all of it. Like, that's why, like, that's what I, a big realization I've had on my journey and why I even created my brand is like living your dream life and growing your business and all of this stuff, like creating things, life on your own terms, manifesting all the money. It's a spiritual journey. Like if you choose for it to be, because that's where the fulfillment piece comes in. Otherwise you can manifest all the things and still have that like void. But when you take the spiritual journey of it and you realize that, Oh wow, me attracting everything that I want is, is the ultimate spiritual journey of meeting my highest self and really experiencing like self-love in a, a deep, deep capacity to allow myself to actually receive all of this amazing stuff. Mm, yes. I love that. And it reminds me of that, that phrase. It's like, when you need nothing, you attract everything, mm-hmm. you know, but getting into a place of needing nothing, you know, obviously easier said than done, but is that is what self-love is because I think what most people don't realize is most people don't actually want what they think they want. You know, we all feel desperate for these things because we're trying to receive love in these different ways that we learned when we were a kid. We all learn different definitions of what love is and how we receive it. And so when we still have that, that conditioning and that programming, our inner child is constantly trying to receive love through everything else in our physical reality, not realizing that we can't receive love, you know, from the 3d world we have to give it to ourselves first and so getting to that space of needing nothing means really just getting to a space of being in this place of being in a space of unconditional love with yourself because when you're in a space of unconditional love that's that's what the vibration of abundance is that i don't need anything outside of this this is all i need um and that's really what mastering manifestation is is learning what are all of these programs and conditioning and stories and beliefs that make me feel unworthy of love and what ways am I desperately trying to receive it unconsciously? And then how can I bring it back to the love is here um, rather than trying to receive it externally. And then that really releases all resistance. Mm, That was really explained beautifully. 
And, and, <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah. And it, it really goes back to just the awareness of all of it. Yeah. The awareness and taking responsibility for your own life mm-hmm. and your own results. Yeah. Do yeah. Have, I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to ask if you had any favorite, like, money manifestation rituals or things that you do because I know everyone loves to hear about the money manifestation little tricks and tips so I was gonna shift it in that direction and see like what your practices are when it comes to that realm yeah so in my current present day reality I don't have rituals or practices that I typically use it's more of just like the energy that I embody. Mm. Um, and I just truly believe that the money will always be there. Yeah. There will always be more than I need, no matter what. And I just, that belief is so solid uh, within me that I just, I barely even think about it. Um, but obviously it's taken time to get where I am. Totally. And in the beginning, I wasn't, I wasn't where I am. I didn't have this solid foundation of belief. So I did have more rituals and practices. Um, one thing when I was beginning to shift my relationship with money, is every single time I went to the grocery store, whenever I swear, when I swipe my card anywhere, I made a practice of always saying in my head, there's more where that came from. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would literally visualize the money like flying out into the economy, like it had wings. It was a silly (laughs) visualization, but I always used it. Like the money had wings, I visualized it flying out into the economy and then I would see it coming back um, tenfold, right? So multiplying and like flying back to my bank. Really? <laughs> like not not with wings, but I've had a similar. It's kind of like it's almost like an infinity symbol of uh, like money and energy. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for, I'm such a visual person, so it really helps me. Um, but yeah, that that was something I did. Um, I also had a bunch of money mantras I would use. So I love money, and money loves me. I literally would repeat that to myself all day long. Um, and then something I did in the very beginning when I was just starting to manifest money is I would write little gratitude notes to the universe. And they always recommend that if you haven't manifested money before, or if you have, um, starting like with something that is believable to you, but still exciting. So if you've never manifested money, trying to manifest a million dollars when you don't even believe that you can manifest $5, it's Mm going to be really difficult. So starting with, I used to start with like $20. Um, and I would write like a little thank you note to the universe on a post-it note. When I was at my corporate job, I would just say like, dear universe, thank you so much for that, for the $20 that came so unexpectedly. Like, I'm just so grateful. And then I would go and I would hide it away in one of my drawers and not look at it. And anytime I thought of it, I would make my number one job would be just like, Hey, how can I feel more joy in this moment? And I literally had a list. I called a bliss list of like 10 things that brought me a ton of joy so whenever I started to feel like, Ooh, like, is the money going to come? I would look at my bliss list and pick one of the things and just take a few minutes. Uh, it would be like, you know, jamming out to my favorite song or like sending someone a gratitude text or some, watching a funny YouTube video, things like that. Um, to get myself back in that vibration of like, um, gratitude and, and enjoy the receiving mode. And I started doing that in the beginning and like the money would show up in a few days. And I remember, Um, the first time I manifested $200, I did this and um, I was in a network marketing company at the time. And I remember like random people bought products from my website, which had never happened in all four years. Mm -hmm. And it totaled to like $199 my bank account. And I was like, Whoa, like you've got to be kidding me. This cannot be a coincidence. And that built the belief that I used to manifest next 500, which built the belief for the thousand, which built the belief for the 5,000. And um, so on and so forth. So, um, I always say start small and when the small manifestation comes, it builds the belief that you use to manifest the big stuff. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. I love, love, love that. Thank you so much for sharing. One of the things like how you said, you say you had, you said something every time you spent money. Yeah. Um, one thing that, that was similar to what I started doing in the very beginning, like of like really intentionally manifesting money was saying thank you every time I spent it and every time mm. I received it, like both ways. And yeah. once I started doing that, like things shifted, like literally immediately because yeah, you bring your awareness to it more and what you focus on expands. Yeah. So yeah, totally. And I think most of us, like if you're not making this conscious choice to shift the way you're interacting with money, you're, you're acting from your programming. And if you grew up in, you know, the U S or a society like we did, uh, most likely you're going to have some sort of negative programming around money in your mind. Like if you've watched movies and listen to music, you know, it's just, it's, it's so normal in our society to have this negative connotation around money. So if you're not actively choosing to shift the way you interact with it and to shift that uh, relationship you have with money, the way money interacts with you and your reality isn't going to shift. And, um, one of my favorite, like little, I guess, tips around money is to uh, celebrate it when it comes in and appreciate it when it goes out. Right. So anytime money comes in, whether it's a penny on the street or $20 or a million dollars, like you celebrate it. And anytime you're sending out the economy, like taking a moment to appreciate that you're able to do this. And, um, I always send out money with the intention that it's going to go out with this energy of love. It's going to go out to people who need it more than me. It's going to spread love and it's going to come back multiplied to me. Mm. And, um, like that, I started doing that in the very beginning. And I used to make a practice of paying my bills with gratitude. And I would sit down to pay my bills and I wouldn't let myself press submit until I felt gratitude. And sometimes it would take me like an hour, be sitting in front of the computer, just like really trying to feel gratitude. And I would think about if I was paying like a water bill, um, how magical it is that literally I turn a faucet and hot water falls down on my head. And I would think about every single person who had to work to make that happen, who, you know, took care of the plumbing and who like got the water and cleaned the water. And I would actively thank every single person for being a part of that journey to allow me to have this water. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you go through that process of actually really thinking about how incredible it is that you have this thing that would help me get into the state of, wow, I'm actually really grateful that I get to send this money as a thank you to all of these people who made this happen for me. Um, and I started practicing doing that every single time I paid a bill. And, um, every time I bought groceries, I would think about every single farmer and every single grocery worker and all the steps that had to happen and thank them in my mind. And, um, that helped me to like embody that, that energy of abundance around money and, um, shifting, the energy that I was embodying when I sent it out into the world, which obviously shifts how much comes back to you. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So much, so much, um, value in everything that you shared today. Like I love how you break things down and and share the things that have helped you on your journey. It's so cool. And I resonate so deeply with so much of it because a lot of similar things have helped me and, it's such a fun journey when you have fun with it. I think like for me, fun is a huge piece. Like my favorite mantra is the more fun I have, the more money I make, the more fun I have, the more Ah, abundance I attract. And it's like, it's a reminder though, to me to continue to make fun a priority. Cause if we're not having fun, then like, what's the point, (laughs) you know? I totally agree. (laughs) I mean, that's that for me, like, that's why we incarnated here. Like, well, I, my way I view reality 
um, is that, you know, our souls incarnated here into human bodies for a very short period of time. And I think of it as like, our bodies are just this vessel for our souls to experience like this vacation on earth, right? We get all of these incredible things around us. And if we're not enjoying the vacation, what's the point of what, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of the way I, I view everything is like, Oh, my soul is here to enjoy this. And so if I can't experience joy while doing this, then it's not worth it to me. Um, and so I love that you said that because I feel like that is also like really central to, to manifestation because obviously when you're in joy, you're in the receptive mode and you're, you're a magnet basically. Yeah. Amen to that. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kristen, this was amazing. Do you have any last words of wisdom you'd like to share or let people know where they can find you and connect with you after this so they can continue to jump into your stuff that you share? Yeah. Words of wisdom. Um, Gosh, I think really the only ending advice I would have after everything we said is just keep going. If you're doing everything we've said or you're on your manifestation journey and you feel like it's not working, don't give up Um, because it is working. Um, Behind the scenes, things are working out for you and it all will play out in the most divine timing. And there is no rush. If there's one thing I could tell myself one year ago, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago is slow down um, make joy your priority. There is no rush to get there. Um, and in terms of where you can find me, I'm on Instagram at pursuit of bliss with an underscore after it. I also have a podcast called pursuit of bliss. Um, Instagram is the best way to get in touch with me. I have also a manifestation Academy. Um, if manifestation is new to you and you're wanting to dive into it. Um, but yeah, if you're listening to this and you're loving it, send me a DM on, on Instagram. I love connecting with you guys. Awesome. And I'll leave the links in the show notes so it's easy to find for everyone listening. And I'm excited for everything that we're doing and manifesting in the world. It's yeah. awesome. And thank you so <laughs> much for taking the time to jam out and share your magic with us. I so appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.